What's happening, everybody? On today's show, Florida's top quarterback prospect asks for his release from his national letter of intent. We'll give you the latest regarding Jaden Rashada. LSU loses one of their young, talented quarterbacks to the transfer portal, and just a few days after losing to Georgia in the national championship, we catch up with TCU head coach Sonny Dykes to get his thoughts on the game, as well as how he's targeting some SEC guys through the transfer portal for next year. Locked on SEC starts right now. You are locked on SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And what is happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked on SEC. It's great to have you guys along. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Remember, Locked on SEC is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and at LockedOnSEC.com. Let's jump into it. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Makes the Around the conference. And we start with Jaden Rashada over at Florida. Uh, reports had come out a couple days ago that he was not part of the group of early enrollees that started school this past week at Florida. Some people saying, oh, it's just a matter of time. Give him a couple days. He'll get there. Well, news came out that Rashada has reportedly requested to be released from his national letter of intent. That's from Pete Nakos of On3 Sports. Rashada held a call with Scott Strickland on Wednesday requesting his release. And that request now heads to the NCAA. Rumors, like we said, it swirled for days about Rashada. Ultimately, does he even want to be with the Gators program? And like we said, was not enrolled. Uh, Was listed in the Florida student directory, but that was just based on him being accepted on his academic merits. Uh, There was a lot of cause for concern from Florida fans wondering where is he. Of course, two months ago, Rashada flipped his commitment from Miami to Florida. When he committed, uh, he was ranked as the nation's number six overall quarterback, the number 17 overall prospect in the country. It was a huge pickup for the Florida Gators. And Billy Napier, six foot four, 185 pounds. And again, on three sports reporting, Rashada has requested for that national letter of intent to be released by Florida. Uh, Nobody knows where he's going to go just yet, but of course, you know, maybe connect the dots. Maybe it's Miami that wants him. Maybe one of these other schools that. Needs a starting quarterback next year. Maybe looking at him and making some promises. And, you know, kind of reading a little bit deeper into it, it sounds like maybe there were some issues with the uh, NIL offers and, you know, the contingent at Florida, the, the group that had put that together, and uh, maybe some issues with lawyers. I don't know. It sounds all sticky and weird. And uh, we will see where Jaden Rashada ends up. But it sounds like he will not be a Florida Gator. And that Florida Gator quarterback room. Mm, kind of takes a little bit of a hit. We know Graham Mertz is coming in from Wisconsin. He expects to be the starter next year. Jack Miller, the transfer from Ohio State, who started the bowl game. Eh, didn't look all that impressive. But uh, Rashada was expected to at least compete for the starting job, maybe push Graham Mertz next year, learn from him, back him up. But uh, he'll be going elsewhere, it sounds like. So... See what Billy Napier does now. If he loses Rashada, got to think he's going to be looking to the transfer portal to add another player. Could he get another guy from another SEC school? We'll get to that in 
just a second. But first, I uh, want to switch gears over to Mississippi State as they are targeting, reportedly, Oklahoma Deputy Athletic Director Zach Selman as their next AD. We know that uh, Zach Arnett, Mississippi State football coach, she's inherited a, a tough situation, but no athletic director um, after theirs left. So, uh, of course, uh, deal's not finalized as of yet, but uh, Selman is set to visit campus on Thursday. He's a former Wake Forest tight end. He'll be the school's first black athletic director. He spent 10-plus years under the very well-respected Joe Castiglione over at uh, Oklahoma. So uh, we'll see. Is Zach Selman uh, going to be the new AD at Mississippi State replacing John Cohen? Sounds like that is going to happen. So uh, we'll wait for the official news from that from Mississippi State. Over at LSU, Walker Howard is reportedly entering the transfer portal. He was a big-time recruit last year coming into Brian Kelly and LSU's program. Uh, it was unlikely that he was going to see the field this year with Jaden Daniels coming back as the presumed starter. Garrett Nussmeyer, who's been in the program a couple years, likely to be his backup. We saw Nussmeyer get into the bowl game, get some action. We did see uh, even Walker Howard get into the bowl game against Purdue and play a little bit. He was rated the 24-7 sports composite fifth best quarterback in last year's class, the number 40 overall prospect. He's six foot one, 195 pounds, got a nice arm, and you know, has some nice running ability too. We saw that in the uh, in the bowl game a little bit. Tucked it and ran it, looked pretty good, but he had offers from everywhere, including the Florida Gators. So maybe connect the dots here. If Jaden Rashada is not going to Florida, Maybe Walker Howard says, I'll go over and join Billy Napier's staff over at Florida. Keep in mind, Napier was uh, at Louisiana Lafayette just a year ago, and uh, you know, maybe some Louisiana connections there as Walker Howard is the son of former LSU quarterback Jamie Howard, so maybe he uses the Louisiana connection there. Uh, some other people connecting the dots saying he may end up going over to TCU to play for Sonny Dykes and company because... One of his high school teammates, Jack Besh, who was the wide receiver at LSU, just transferred this offseason to TCU. So maybe a reunion, high school wide receiver with high school quarterback. So we'll see where Walker Howard ends up. Is it TCU? Is it Florida? Is it somewhere else? We'll find out. But LSU's quarterback room now gets a little thinner. They're good with Jaden Daniels and Garrett Nussmeyer, but got to think they may be looking for another quarterback to bring into that group. Uh, there was some good news for LSU, though, in the transfer portal yesterday. They got a uh, addition from Ohio State cornerback J.K. Johnson. He's six foot tall, 179 pounds from the St. Louis area, played in 13 games, started five of them for Ohio State last year, recorded 20 tackles, played in two games as a true freshman the year prior. Big-time recruit, uh, according to 24-7 Sports, was, was the third-best corner in the 2021 recruiting class, 50th overall prospect. And uh, he had offers from the likes of Texas A&M, Kentucky, Florida, Clemson, Arkansas, Georgia. And I picked Ohio State at the time, but now he's heading on down to Louisiana. Going to play for Brian Kelly and the LSU Tigers. Over Kentucky, Cavassier Smoke has been uh, one of their contributing running backs the last couple seasons. One of the greatest names in not just the SEC, but all college football. He had entered the transfer portal a couple weeks ago, and now we know where he is headed. Cavassier Smoke is heading to Colorado to play for Deion Sanders 
and the crew up there. He's five foot nine, 209 pounds from the state of Alabama. Over five seasons with the Cats, carried the ball 290 times for 1,500 yards. Ranks 21st on Kentucky's career rushing list uh, and had 13 touchdowns to go with it. His 5.4 yards per carry also ranks in the top 10 in school history. So, Cavassier Smoke, a nice contributor throughout the years with Kentucky, but he will go play for Deion Sanders up at Colorado. And another transfer coming into, into the conference, Hillsdale College wide receiver Isaac Tesla has announced he is coming to Arkansas. He's 6'4", 210 pounds, and uh, was recruited to Arkansas by wide receivers coach Kenny Guyton. I know see Kendall Bryles. He told 24-7 Sports his decision came down to what's best for him culturally and coming somewhere where he can have a big role in the offense. He said, they showed me that. So the opportunity is there for me. It's definitely a good point. So he made uh, 68 catches for over 1,300 yards and 13 touchdowns at Hillsdale College. Now he'll be catching passes from K.J. Jefferson at Arkansas. We'll see what kind of year Isaac Tesla can have over in Fayetteville this coming season. And there you have it. That's the latest going on around the conference. Coming up next, we got uh, some news from the NCAA and other transfers happening around the SEC. We'll get to that in just a second. But thank you guys for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Want to get to uh, this. As we say, this episode is presented by our friends over at Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. You can get all the latest odds and trends for every pro and amateur league out there from pro football to, uh, of course, uh, the playoffs going on this weekend. We've got college basketball in full swing. They've got it all for you over there at betonline.net. They are the fastest and easiest way for you to get all your sports betting information. They even got some podcasts up there on the website. Whatever information you're looking for, they got it for you when it comes to betting information. Head on over to their website today. You can do so on your mobile device. I always tell you, bookmark it on your phone. You can check it out every morning right when you wake up and learn more. It is BetOnline. And it is where the game starts. Go check them out. Continue on here, Locked On SEC. We're going to get to our conversation with uh, the great Sonny Dykes coming up in just a few minutes. But first, we've got to jump back into it. we got plenty to discuss going on around the conference and a little NCAA news. We jump into it. The uh, NCAA Division One Council has made the waiver process for second-time transfers more strict moving forward. This coming from Ross Dellinger over at Sports Illustrated. Basically, it says each waiver request will be evaluated on a case-by-case basis. But moving forward, student-athletes who want to transfer for the second time must meet one of the following criteria in order to be granted a waiver to play immediately. Number one, a physical injury or illness or mental health condition. Or two, circumstances that necessitate a student-athlete's immediate departure from the previous school unrelated to athletic participation, like physical assault, abuse, or something like that. So it's got to be an extreme case of a physical injury or illness, like, hey, I, I have a heart issues and I need to be closer to home. Um, you know, I was physically assaulted at this school, so I need to get out of here. This is a bad situation. Basically, NCA saying, we're going to make it really hard on you for, for you to transfer a second time somewhere unless you're a graduate transfer. So, 
again, it's uh, case-by-case basis, as they say, but they're just going to make it more difficult. Look, if you want to go somewhere and it doesn't work out and you want to hit the transfer portal and go somewhere else, the NCAA is allowing that. That's fine. But if you go to that new place and you don't like it there and you're still a freshman or sophomore and you're not a graduate, they're going to say, tough. you got to uh, tough it out and figure out, uh, unless you fall into the category of one of these other uh, extreme cases, you're going to have to stay at whatever school you're at. So, again, just maybe giving a little bit more uh, thought to, you know, transferring and bouncing around school to school. Uh, by the way, you could always go from FBS to FCS. So you could always drop down a level or go to a JUCO or something like that and then, you know, transfer somewhere else after that. But, uh, again, NCAA maybe tightening the screws a little bit. Uh, but the first-time transfer is wide open. You, you want to go somewhere, you don't like it there, stay there for a year, you can transfer wherever you want, and that's fine. It's the second transfer they're going to tighten the screws on a little bit more. Some other news going on around the conference. South Carolina defensive end Jordan Birch has decided where he is heading. He is transferring to Oregon. So another SEC guy heading up there to play for Dan Lanning and the Oregon Ducks. Of course, a couple of Alabama transfers this offseason have headed up to Oregon. And, you know, Bo Nix, former Auburn quarterback, is their quarterback up there. So uh, Birch was a former five-star from the state of South Carolina. He was one of their uh, key components to their success this past year. 13 games, he had uh, three and a half sacks, seven and a half tackles for a loss, and 56 tackles, all career highs. He's six foot six, 286 pounds. He was listed as the number eight player coming out in the 2020 recruiting class. And, uh, man, the transfer portal has been a big factor for South Carolina this offseason. We've seen Jaheim Bell go over to Florida State. Austin Stogner went back to Oklahoma. Running back Marshawn Lloyd goes from uh, South Carolina to Southern Cal. And now Jordan Birch heading up there to Oregon where he will join Alabama corner Kyrie Jackson and Alabama wide receiver Treshawn Holden. Uh, also, Sherrod Green, veteran South Carolina linebacker. He has just battled injury after injury throughout his career. He uh, put up a social media post saying uh, he wants to improve even more, and so his next journey will prayerfully be one in the NFL as he will uh, officially declare for the NFL draft. So best of luck to Sherrod Green. Uh, made 76 tackles last season, two and a half sacks with an interception. Uh, Corey Rucker also leaving South Carolina. He will reportedly head to Arkansas State. So former wide receiver announced he was leaving South Carolina after one year with the program, and uh, he'll be heading to Arkansas State where he spent the first two years of his college career. Over at Texas A&M, their big defensive lineman, Anthony Lucas, had entered the transfer portal. Now we know where he is going. He is going to... Uh, Southern Cal spent one year in College Station, former five-star prospect from the Arizona uh, area, and chose the Aggies over a lot of big-time programs like Alabama and Oregon and Notre Dame. But uh, Anthony Lucas will be heading to USC to go play for Lincoln Riley. Over at Mississippi State, safety Sean Preston not leaving Starkville just yet. Mississippi safety, uh, State Safety announced on Twitter that he will return to the Bulldogs for a sixth and final season. He tweeted out, let's get to work, hashtag Hale State. It's a three-year starter for the Bulldogs. Finished with 27 tackles, two pass breakups, and an interception this past year. A lot of experience. Of course, the Bulldogs finished 42nd nationally in pass coverage, 
under Zach Garnett. Now he is the head coach. So a nice piece there in the secondary for the Bulldogs getting Sean Preston back. In a little college hoops news, Alabama basketball continues to roll the Crimson Tide. Beat up on Arkansas at Bud Walton Arena on Wednesday, winning 84-69 with the win. Alabama improves to 14-2 on the year, 4-0 in SEC play. And uh, they are going, uh, they just keep rolling. Looks like them and uh, Tennessee are the two elite, elite teams in the conference this year. And Joe Lunardi over at ESPN put out his latest bracketology. He's got six SEC teams projected to make the tournament. He's got Alabama in as a one seed. He's got Tennessee in as a two seed. He's got Arkansas in as a three seed. And down the, down the ropes, he's got Missouri at, as a number six, Auburn as a number eight, and Mississippi State as a number 10. Keep in mind there, he has no Kentucky in his bracketology making the tournament. So uh, we'll see what happens there. And one more NCAA note uh, when it comes to SEC baseball, or at least college baseball, the NCAA reportedly finally making that long way to move that baseball and softball programs and coaches have been waiting for this for a long time. Uh, they approved a measure, measure to turn all volunteer positions in baseball and softball into a full-time coaching position without recruiting constraints. So uh, volunteers with the program will officially become full-time coaches starting July 1st of this year. This move means baseball and softball will now match basketball with three full-time assistants. Look, it's been stupid. There's been some guys that have had to go to college baseball programs, particularly SEC programs, and be a volunteer coach, not get paid. It's just stupid. <laughs> Let's improve our resources, folks. And at least they finally passed this thing that they've been knocking down for the last couple of years. And there you have it. That is the latest, latest news going on around the conference. Thank you guys again for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Coming up next, our conversation with TCU head coach Sonny Dykes following the loss to Georgia in the championship the other night. That's next. <laughs> Going along here, Locked On SEC and um, the Bear Bryant Awards, one of the big coaching awards held every year, uh, were held just on uh, Wednesday nights, and we were there for a little bit of part of it, getting to talk to some of the coaches who were in attendance. Uh, two SEC coaches were nominated, including Kirby Smart of Georgia and Tennessee head coach Josh Heupel. Neither were in attendance, so we didn't get a chance to catch up with them. We did catch up with Sonny Dykes. We'll get to that in just a second, but I do want to let you guys know that uh, with a record number of votes, the 2023 Fan Favorite Coach of the Year from the Bear Bryant Awards uh, went to Tennessee head coach Josh Heupel. He led the Vols to 11-2 overall and a 31-14 win over Clemson in the Orange Bowl to close out the season. So congrats to Josh Heupel on winning the award. But one of the finalists for the award was Sonny Dykes from TCU, who's fresh off his loss to Georgia in the national championship game the other night. So we caught up with him with a couple other media members and we were able to chat with him for a few minutes. And I even asked him about, you know, the speed of the SEC. Did that take him aback? And then also the fact he's recruiting the SEC very well through the transfer portal. He's got a couple guys, Avery Helm coming over there, Jack Besh, um, you know, a couple Alabama guys as well. And uh, we'll see if he ends up with Walker Howard from LSU as well. So here was our conversation with Sonny Dykes. As far as Monday night, you know, 
it's a heck of a journey to get there. Obviously, disappointed with the outcome. Um, you know, when you have when you're on a big stage like that, you want to play your best. We certainly didn't do that. You know, played a very uncharacteristic game uh, for us. You know, we had gotten to that game because um, you know we played a really consistent brand of football all year. You know, we didn't turn the ball over. We didn't give up a ton of big plays. Um, you know, we were able to sustain drives. You know, really did a good job on third down on both sides of the ball. You know, just all the stuff, and we didn't do any of that uh, Monday night. Obviously, Georgia had a lot to do with that, but you know, I was disappointed that we didn't play better and didn't coach better. And anytime you don't play as well as you would like to, then you always have to go back and you know self-reflect and say, okay, what could we have done better as coaches, and what would have made a difference? And and so we'll learn a lot from it. And you know, the next time we're in that situation, our guys will respond better. But you know, it doesn't put a, a damper. Uh, it certainly didn't go the way we wanted. It's a bad way to end, but at the same time, hard not to appreciate, you know, the season we had and the success that we had. And really uh, proud of our players for, you know, for doing this all in year one, you know, going 13-2 and two and playing for a national championship. That's a tough road, especially when, you know, you're still trying to get to know each other. And, you know, we, we said it before, but we were really, you know, building the plane as we were flying it at times this season. And, um, and, you know, really proud of our players for responding the way they did and, and uh, you know, make it to the national championship games. Coach, a lot has been made about, you know, the other night, SEC speed and yeah. that sort of thing. And w what was it like seeing a team like Georgia? Yeah. And then, too, it looks like you're going after some SEC guys in the transfer portal that are going to come help you next year. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, look, I think, I mean, number one, Georgia was really good. I mean, it, it was the best football team we played this year, without a doubt. Um, you know, as we sat down and started to, to look at their personnel and, you know, their schemes and what they did on offense and defense and special teams, you know, you're always looking for weaknesses and you're trying to, to attack your, attack those weaknesses. And Georgia just had very few of them. I mean, they're very well coached. Um, you know, they do a really nice job offensively and defensively. They, they've got really good skill position players across the board. Uh, you know, the tight end there is really an exceptional player. Um, and, you know, but what makes them special is they're really, really good up front, you know, on the line of scrimmage. And I think that's the, you know, to me, that's the biggest difference. Um, you know, as I said, there's lots of good skilled players, but, you know, they were really good up front offensively, really good up front defensively. And, uh, and that, you know, it caused problems for us. And um, really, really solid football team. Like I said, not a lot of weaknesses. Um, what was the second part? It, you're, oh, you're, transfers. Yeah. yeah, a lot of guys from the SEC are coming. Yeah, yeah. you know, I think that's what we're always trying to do. And especially, you know, some of those kids that are coming are, are local kids. You know, I can't really talk about specifics yet until they enroll in school. Uh, but, you know, our, our thing is always, look, if you go someplace and, and you're from the Metroplex or from Houston or from Texas in general, uh, you go off to college someplace, you go a long way away from home and, you know, you have success, you don't have success, whatever the case may be, you want to get closer to home, then we want to be an option for those schools. And, and you know, that's kind of what we've done. We, we recruit really hard. We get to know those players. We build a relationship with them. And they may not choose TCU the first time. And our hope is that, you know, when they decide to move on for whatever reason, they choose us the second time. And that's been the case with, with some of these kids that we think we have an opportunity to get. You know, being in Los Angeles at SoFi Stadium, just, you know, playing against a defending national champ uh, felt different. I mean, it really did. I mean, it was obviously a huge stage. Um, you know, I was really proud of our players. We only had four players on our roster 
that had ever played in a ball game before uh, at TCU. And so we didn't have a ton of experience, you know, going into these, the, the bowl game. And I thought our guys really did an incredible job of preparing and playing well against Michigan uh, in the Fiesta Bowl in the semifinal game. Um, you know, we kind of copied that same plan and, and carried it over to our preparation for for Georgia in the championship game. And, you know, obviously didn't work as well. And so, you know, you've got, we've got to go back and, and try to figure out what worked and didn't work and, and evaluate, you know, what can we do better and what can we do different to, to put ourselves in a better situation next time. But, you know, it was a great experience. I mean, it's a big stage. Um, you know, I think we probably played a little tight. Uh, you know, that's a, we're a football team that's really played with a lot of confidence and has really managed to play loose this year and felt like we just were maybe a little afraid to make mistakes, played a little bit out of control early. Um, you know, just wasn't our typical way of playing and then kind of snowballed from there. But um, but again, you know, we'll be better prepared as coaches, players, everybody the next the next time we're, we're on that stage. Have you uh, played that final game? Obviously there's no game to perform. Have you watched the tape or when? No, I haven't had time to watch it yet. No. When, when do you think you will? Yeah, uh, tomorrow. Yeah, we'll watch it tomorrow. We'll watch it tomorrow as a staff. And uh, we'll, we're kind of back in the office. Everybody, you know, had an extended vacation of uh, about 16, 18 hours, you know. And so, <laughs> um, so we'll be back at it tomorrow and, and, you know, look at it. And I think I really do think it's a good opportunity to learn. You know what I mean? I think there are times where you, you know, you play a game, you don't look at the tape and you say, hey, look, we're just going to burn it and move <laughs> on. I think to me, this is a, this is a good opportunity to, to, to learn and to sit down and kind of say, okay, look, you know, our goal is to get back here and, and uh, let's learn from this experience and, and make sure we're better. Thanks again to Sonny Dykes of TCU. And thank you guys again for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Make sure you go check out the brand new podcast, Locked on College Basketball, everything you need to know about college hoops in one place. Hear from some big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked on College Basketball, available on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Chris Gordy. This has been Locked on SEC. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow.